Hi, y'all. Welcome to a special episode of the Oscar Central podcast. We are here with just a small group of us to discuss the Golden Globe nominations. I'm here with Ricky. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on the show today to talk about the uh, Golden Globe nominations. I just want to throw it out here. You said, like, I didn't practice this, and that was, like, perfect. Like, I was just, like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I didn't practice this opening, and I'm like, that was brilliant. You know what I mean? So... Maybe okay. you should stop practicing and just wing wow. it. You know what I mean? Wow. You opened it. You opened it up perfect. You know what I mean? I should stop you should being more type often. A. You should yeah. stop being type A. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of my other type A friend, Lex, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm excited to um be talking about the globes. Um, because like Moira Rose, my favorite season is award season. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, so I woke up and the full list was already out. So I just saw like headlines, like right away, like Banshees of Inishiran led with the most nominations, had eight nominations. Um, how do we feel like overall with just what movies were nominated across the board? Not just like specific nominations, but like with what was represented for 2022 in film. I'm not mad at Banshee's leading. Um, I think it's interesting with gearing up for the Oscars conversation that this is kind of picking up steam. I think it'll be hard to say um, until the winds of like how this kind of perfect or affects Oscar predictability, but it wasn't so much with these that I was annoyed by the movies overall. It was like the specific um, I mean, obviously there were snubs I was mad about, but it was more the specific nominations that I had like particularly strong feelings for. Yeah, I agree with that. For me personally, like if you if you put one specific film in a couple categories, I really feel like these nominations aren't as bad on paper, right? You know what I mean? I feel like they have uh, some strong nominations. If you take one or two out and implement like just one or two, it doesn't even have to be the people that I like. You know what I mean? It could just be other people. Um, I think the nominations are, are are severely strong. I like a lot of the picks. Um, this is which is surprising because typically, you know, I'm I've got a lot more bone to pick than I really think that I look at here. But um, I'm I'm satisfied in some aspects, but there's a lot more room for growth. 100. percent Yeah, I think the biggest upset for me is just the maleness of the director's lineup which I feel like you know after we had that one year where they had they had three right with um in 2020 yeah um it just feels like there were all these articles about the expansion of voting members and it's like did it really change that much? Like, I just, the, okay, the thing is, the director's lineup, it's a nice director's lineup. Regardless of how I feel about some of these films, like, the directors there are worthy. But it's just five men in a year with such great cinema from women. It is infuriating. And that was the one thing besides um, Danielle Dunn. Edweiler being snubbed in lead actress that just really made me realize these are still the Golden Globes at the end of the day. Like this is still the HFPA. They can claim they changed all they wanted, but 
where is the proof? That was I think what my, makes it work. Was oh. like, I also think, oh, sorry. Um, I think just like coming off the heels of not even televising the um awards or like I don't even think they had like a proper ceremony last year amidst everything going on. And so I just thought it was really interesting in a season where you had so much to work with, you you make your big comeback by just going back to exactly what was before. Um, and I guess that's kind of where my frustration is because it's not like they were starved for content, right? Like it's not like that these were the only options. It's not even like these are the only ones that are we're starting to see when awards is these um more critics choice awards roll out. It's not the it's not even that these are the ones that are just in the Oscar uh conversations. It's just there's a, there was a lot to work with. And I think this was a really, really big missed opportunity from the Hollywood Forum, Hollywood Forum Press, but I'm also like not entirely surprised. I think for me, when you go to the drawing board, I feel like if you come out of the voting process here and you have five men, I think you go back in. I know that sounds weird and I know I don't want it. You can't, uh, I'm not saying you rigged or not, but I'm saying you have to look at the paper, right? You know what I mean? You have to see you have the nominations here to really strive to get something going there within that five. You have so many different uh, films that you could have chosen chosen from, and you have some of it highlighted throughout all of these, these nominations below the line, but not to represent, I mean, woman talking, obviously she said the woman King, you have a laundry list of, of, of women that could have been nominated here. It's, it's frustrating. I think the big thing about Deadweiler is not only is her performance amazing and her not getting nominated, but who, it feels like it was in her place is what the most frustrating part of I think this is, right? I mean, which we mean on a Yeah. <laughs> I and I just I mean this is no slight towards her herself, but it's just to ignore this triumph of a performance from a woman of color to shut her out for what is just this like exploitive awful performance of someone who has won a golden globe um it's directed by a man who has no respect for the subject matter to where you have danielle deadweiler and till which is a it's such a caring performance and there is so much empathy for the subject matter in that film and it's just glaring to see that that's who took her spot it's and it's nothing against her performance per se. Is it? It it is. It is. It is. I don't like her performance. I'm so sorry. It's, I don't. It's like not it. a good performance. Sorry, but I just I don't know. It could have been like I don't like Empire of Light, but Olivia Coleman is amazing in it, and I don't like Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, but I understand the nomination behind it. Anna the Armisen Blonde is just like. I, it I, is one of the worst nominations of the morning and i think it could have made sorry if you put danielle dudweiler in that lineup that is a perfect five that is That's one of thing. the most infuriating things like that is a beautiful five like gorgeous five performances very different kind of performances like none of them are exactly like one another and not that any of these are but it's just like I feel like if you want to see someone have a breakdown, you can have Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. You don't need Ana de Armas and Blonde. Like, I know what you're doing here, and I don't like it. 
I, I think it would have been a little bit different if I think I, even if and it, I don't it wouldn't have been different no matter what because the performance of the movie is tragic it, it's just it's bad but if you would have seen it pop up somewhere else it would have been like okay they like the movie right they didn't it didn't pop up anywhere else it's literally this I was kind of shocked that I bet if they has if they separated um supporting actor into comedy musical and drama that Adrian Brody would have popped up do we think that they should? I think they should because they did that for TV. They made the switch this year for TV to include supporting uh, TV for comedy slash musical. I think it is on the TV side of things. Why don't they do that on the movie side of it? I don't, you know what I mean? I, I It's so funny because I'm like, don't split it up. Like just nominate people in comedies. But I'm like, you know what? We could have gotten so many more nominees. And it would have been so fun. Here's the uh, thing with splitting it up though is and we can come back to this for all the gripes i have with drama for lead actress i am pretty thrilled with the lineup for uh comedy or musical or comedy for lead actress mostly because i know this is all leslie manville is going to get from mrs harris goes to paris and i adored that movie and so i was thrilled to see her i'm thrilled to see anya taylor joy for the menu because i thought she was brilliant in that um emma thompson michelle yo i mean i think comedy perfect five i have no notes and so i think in that way i if there's one thing i do like about the globes i like that it's split up because these are such varied performances that it kind of gives the opportunity for more nominees but sorry did not mean to cut you off kinsey oh i just completely agree i love leslie manville and mrs harris goes to paris and i love it as a complimentary performance too her performance in Phantom Thread, I think it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's a beautiful five. I, it's one of those things. It sucks when you get to the Oscars because they're like, oh, there's only five slots. Like you can't do comedies here. And when they do acknowledge comedies, you get amazing nominations like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids, which was just like a perfect nomination. And I just wish we could see them do that more. But I, I do wonder. Okay, so we all have to agree the most. HFPA nomination was Eddie Redmayne in The Good Nurse for a supporting actor. Yeah, like, absolutely. When you say the Globes are going to globe, you mean that nomination. Like, that. that is the one. Who do we think was six in supporting actor? Because we have Redmond Gleason and Barry Keoghan for The Banshees of Inishir and Brad Pitt for Babylon, Kehu Kwan for Everything Everywhere, and then Eddie Redmayne for The Good Nurse. So who do we think was six? It clearly was not Ben Wishaw. No, definitely not, especially with how they... Paul Dano, maybe? Was it Paul Dano? I think it would have been Paul Dano. I... Okay, I put him outside of my five in my Oscar predictions a while ago, and people got really mad at me. But I just think... I know it's the character is written very... I don't want to say dull, but just, like, very realistically. No big moments or whatever. Right. I feel like that hurts him in a year with such big performances like Eddie Redmayne. And I I actually think Brad Pitt is great in Babylon. And I think that he can, his performance and the character he portrays storyline will resonate with a lot of like older members in the Academy, especially in a movie that is very like vulgar and I kind of worry about older academy members watching at least the first 10 minutes um <laughs> those first 10 minutes 
I have warned quite a bit of people, like, if you go see this with your family on Christmas, like, don't, don't. just don't <laughs> go see. Or Plus say Eaters. you have to go to the bathroom for the first yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to say about that opening, but it does. I, if you're listening and you are planning on seeing it with your family, it does get easier to watch as it goes for graphic nature. There's like a few scenes that like pop up, but nothing like the opening. I maybe he did, I don't know I don't know I want to talk to him about this movie um but I I wasn't surprised to see Brad Pitt here not just because like oh he's a star but like not to quote Mia Goth who was clearly snubbed um but because I think his performance will really resonate with a mm-hmm. lot of older voters and especially the HFPA it seems like a performance they would love but his performance is like the more subtle slow quiet performance of the year over Paul Dano's and I know that's the way the character's written I just think like people don't realize how much he's doing because it's so internal and low and I feel like what if he wasn't even sixth what if it was Judd Hirsch see or what I if, think Judd Hirsch is giving the better performance in that movie though I do too I completely agree I even think Seth Rogen's giving the better performance in that Seth, movie Seth Rogen for me has um the like the scene like yeah. the scene where he gives him yeah. the camera. he tries to give him the camera yeah like that is the scene um uh-huh. but you know who I was kind of shocked not to see her Sammy Fableman himself I mm. kind of figured what if they did it but I think that Okay. Jeremy Pope is nice. Look. Let let let's talk best actor in a drama. So we have Austin Butler for Elvis, Brendan Fraser the Whale, Hugh Jackman the Sun, Bill Nye Living, and Jeremy Pope the Inspection. Which did Jeremy Pope get in for Hollywood? I know he got an Emmy nomination, but I can't remember if he was recognized by the Globes. I'll, I'll check out. But there. but okay, Hugh Jackman. I feel like I predicted that. Mm-hmm. I feel like a couple of us did. Um, can me no and Ricky gloves. predicted Hugh Jackman? Oh, he didn't get nominated. Yeah. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. But they clearly liked that show, from what I remember, because it's Ryan. Yeah, Martin yeah, they and did. And to love him, so I feel like we should have seen that coming. But I personally was like, oh, Austin Butler's the like newcomer, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought maybe Sammy Fableman and Gabriel LaBelle could show up if they really like the movie you never know I feel like they 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 have some Scott Feinberg vibes of it's fair. Uh, you know yeah but um I minus Hugh Jackman this is a great lineup yeah and Hugh it's Jackman the only reason I predicted him and I'm sure this is the same reason you did Ricky was the star power of Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. yep nothing else Literally, not the movie it. When you divide the actor categories, right? Because for me, like Calva, Colin Farrell's in, right? You know what I mean? Have him automatically. And so you've got to find someone in his spot. You know what I mean? So it was hard finding that fifth for me, which this might even, no, it wasn't this one. But it's the thing that I found interesting is you have four nominees in the best actor that have no other nominations across the board. Like it's just their only nomination. So it's like, Jackman for name value. Frazier was getting in no matter what, even though we know he's not going for rightful reasons. Butler was a shoe in. I think Butler's going to win. I truly believe he's going to win the Globe. Like I think, I think it's he's a runaway. Win the globe. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it's going to be going to win the Globe, and I think he's going to win the Oscar. But that I, is not here. 
Yeah, Look, I am on the belief, I've been saying this for a long period of time in our group chat for a while. I never thought for one time, Brendan Fraser has never been my one. Never. If I can remember correctly. I, never he's been never been one. your one on at least the file. I don't know if. So, yeah. And I, I've never believed. I told Kenzie months ago that I never thought he, when it premiered, I said he's never going to win. I never thought he was going to win. This film, I'm sorry, is not good. It's, it's. Look, if you want to have the Razzies, Frazier versus Jackman is way to go. I'm sorry. Frazier versus Jackman is the way. Like, it's the Razzies right there. I, I would nominate these two for Razzies. And I'll tell you what. I like Jackman's performance better. I'm sorry. I did. And that's – I don't really know My what to say about My thing for me is Hugh Jackman is consistent across the film given he is terrible source like he has terrible material but he's consistent throughout the film i you'll see my review on oscar central soon for the whale um brendan has a lot worse to work with in my opinion um but i just feel like the prosthetics really prohibit him and he does so much with his eyes which is obviously the bulk of the performance but I do feel like the prosthetics prohibit him from really opening up in the same way that you see um Hong Chao open up in the film given that she has honestly even worse material to work with um but I just I don't I feel like something's holding him back and it's definitely the prosthetics but I also just feel like I don't know if he's ever really had a movie that he's had to carry like this like he is literally in every frame of the movie minus like one scene and I don't know if he's ever really done something like that because the mummy was a huge set piece blast from the past which is one of my favorites is a two-hander essentially but I feel like this movie like you are with him like every step of the way and I I feel like the prosthetics are really just like holding him back from giving an emotional, beautiful performance like Bill Nye does in Living. I am so happy to see him pop up here. I know that a lot of people, because of it being a Sony Classics film, have been predicting him to like pop up um, in the Oscar lineup. And especially like Hugh Jackman is now campaigning for him. And you're like, weren't you the Sony Classics Pictures nomination? Um, but I, I think it's a good sign that he's here. I think like the movie hasn't even come out yet. It comes out, um, the week of Christmas and it's just really like, it's great momentum. Like my mom texted me to ask me about this movie today. And I'm like, I don't know if she ever heard of it before today. Like I was going to suggest they watch it once it came out, but it's like they're, they're building interest and the movie hasn't come out yet. And that's just going to give him the momentum come oscar season and i don't know if he's one of those critics people especially because we've been seeing every single critics group award colin farrell um yeah. like every single one of them mm-hmm. but i feel like he could be maybe a bafta winner bill nye Who? bill nye bill nye okay I feel yeah. like he could win BAFTA because I think that movie will do well there with nominations. Yeah. Um, and I feel like unless I've been hearing that Elvis is playing really, really well for BAFTA. I've heard that too. Yeah. I I've which is BAFTA's look uh, yeah, I've heard yeah. Which I don't okay, like 
me I was like oh Elvis is like an American icon and it's like part of the plot of the movie is that he could not go overseas yeah but hearing that it's playing well there is um I wonder if there's like this level to I mean I I I don't know I'll I'll find a British Elvis fan and ask them um but I I wonder if like there's this level of like if if an American watches it, right, like, more likely than not, they're at least acquainted with who Elvis Presley was, if they don't, if not, like, necessarily knowing his music, his history, whatever, right? I wonder if there's this level of, like, if you watch it, not knowing a lot about Elvis, if it, like, buys into almost this, like, it's already over the top, it's already very fantastical, which is a word that I'm using way too often and I need to like stop. But like I wonder if like there's this level of like, you know, I watched it, I loved Elvis and I know a lot about Elvis to where I'm watching it though thinking of like, oh, they're glazing over like this part of his history or like this conversation around like his influence with black songwriters at the time, like, you know, that. But if you don't have that knowledge, like I wonder if it's like, oh my God. Like, the Americans had this man, and he was Superman. Like, I don't know. This could be the dumbest thought anyone's ever had, but... It's, I, like, the urban legend of yeah, him. Yeah, there you and go. And, like, it's, like, like... And that's... Okay, that's a really great way to transition into Boz getting into director, mm-hmm. which is that he creates this, like, experience, and I feel like that only helps Austin Butler because yeah. he is just on another level honestly like the comparisons to bohemian rhapsody and it's just like it's not the same thing at all not at all and it's honestly like bohemian rhapsody is more comparable to blonde for me in that it has zero respect for a subject matter and it Mm -hmm. is just complete fiction um but yeah boz getting into director is something that i i think a few of us hadn't predicted but it just makes a lot of sense. I feel like it's a very big Golden Globes movie. It is. Yeah. But I think a good thing to note, though, with Bohemian Rhapsody is this is where the Bohemian Rhapsody train started was mm-hmm. the Golden Globes because it won actor. It won best drama film. I know it won other things, but I can't remember. We know they didn't nominate it for director because that movie had no director, apparently. Um, but I think that Boz getting in for a director here shows wild support outside of Austin Butler. And then the film also got into drama, which continues to show the support. So for best director, I I do think it's a good lineup of names. It is just clearly missing someone. And I know everyone thinks Boz took Sarah Polly's spot, but I do not think that is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water. The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Boz Lerman for Elvis, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Um, I'm sorry to the Swifties, Taylor Swift did not make the cut. I don't know if music videos were eligible here. I But the All Too Well short film was actually a feature film. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, I honestly think James Cameron took Sarah Polly's spot. I see, I second that. And I agree with that 100% because what I was going to say was I think they put this movie in critics' hands at the right time. And I think with women talking, 
like the 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 release date has been moved, whether we're wide or not. And I it is so confusing. It is very confusing to when it's so now it's only releasing in New York and LA at certain time, then it's releasing in it's very confusing. So I feel like they put Avatar right in their face right before they voted, right? Because it came out because I saw it, I think it was last Monday I saw it. So like that was that weekend was the first weekend everybody was seeing it. So they put it like right in their faces and then they turn around and probably vote it. Mm. And I think that helped it. I think that helped it. And I know I know that they put them in like the bat like every screening in LA was like in a great theater for 3D and for the sound. And I'm like that. And that's not to slight the movie at all. I just think that like they probably had a five that was this five minus Cameron and it was Sarah Polly and they saw this movie and this is a small enough group that where seeing a movie like that last minute like you can make a change like that because I the way the Fablemans minus Dano missing or not even Dano just like a supporting actor representation missing the Fablemans he was always in he's Steven Spielberg they want him there like that was a given Martin McDonough he was nominated for three billboards I believe um, but I feel like they want him there. He's gonna bring the star power behind him with his actors. And, and, and the Swifties. that movie literally everywhere in the Swifties. Um the Swifties now. Because he explains what a metaphor is to her. Mm-hmm. Um Boz Lerman, he was always in the they didn't even have to see Elvis, they had to see the poster and he was in. Oh, yeah. Like he was always in. And then the Daniels, they really loved everything everywhere. And I was like that was always happening and then james cameron it's what you said they just saw the movie and everything i'm hearing including from our resident avatar hater ricky valero who is now i also hate avatar so okay so curious for your thoughts now and in um, solidarity with you ricky but ricky has I, turned to- i look i hated the first one because i thought it's like visual it's like a visual spectacle right and I've seen so many people say that, like, polar opposite of how I feel, but I've never been so immersed in a film in my entire life. The Avatar, it's it's truly a stunning feat. Like, it's, I, I think he's going to probably get nominated for an Oscar. I really do. I think he's going to get nominated for Best Director. I really feel like that because of what he does with this movie, it's, it's something. I, but honestly, I really throw all that out the door. I love the story. I did. It has a lot of heart. And to me is what completely missing from the first one was that heart. And to me, like it, it's truly a spectacle. And, and what the root of a spectacle, obviously a blockbuster. You have a blockbuster. We talked about it earlier with, um, oh God, what's the block? Nope. It's like the perfect blockbuster, right? You know what I mean? It's a good blockbuster movie that you can rewatch, have a good time with it. It's got some cool spectacle, technical aspects of it. But with, with this, it's a it's a it's a spectacle but then you feel things as well i'm not saying you didn't feel things soon nope i'm not saying that but with this one it has so much heart and um signora we signora weaver she is is i don't know how you categorize them i know they're like voice actors right well or voice i saw that a lot of people are not even putting them as voice actors they're actually putting them as motion capture actors Okay, so that they're incredible, right? You know what I mean? Like this entire cast is just, it blew me away. I was blown away. I did not expect it. Everybody here, I, the, 
I never felt the three hours and there's three hours and 20, I think it is minutes of this movie, but it's incredible. Like I, three hours I and 20 minutes, it's, it's like four minutes longer than Babylon is what I recall. Yeah. And oh honestly, God, every... if, I, if I'm knocking everybody out of this category, it's Steven Spielberg. And I'm sorry. And I, I understand everybody loves that movie, but it's trash. Um, well, and it's personally, personally, I join you on that. I join you. And I join we know, you. We know Lex, who wrote the review for The Fable Men, which is up now, also agrees. Yep. Don't but, and I, I don't want to say this as well. I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't think that Daniels belong here. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked everything everywhere all at once. I'm not saying I didn't I like the movie. I personally would take it out of screenplay because I feel like the screenplay is the weakest part of the movie yeah. for me. Um, besides something else, which we will get into. Um, I don't <laughs> mind their directing. Um, it's not it's not something I would put in, but I would prefer them be in for director over screenplay. I can, I can agree I, with that. My thing with everywhere or with the Daniels, at least for everything everywhere all at once, it's the same that I kind I mean, I haven't seen the second Avatar movie. I'm gonna wait till I can watch it in my home if it's three hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> but the thing is I hate I hate the first Avatar movie, right? Um I think the screenplay of the first Avatar, please don't freaking come for me on the internet. Like you can like something I don't like. It is freaking okay. Um, I think that the screenplay of the first Avatar is just when the first time I saw it, when the when which I saw that movie in theaters three times, even though I hated it. Long story, but the first time I saw it, um, when the general guy is like, "All right, cupcake, let's wrap this up. It's time for dinner." My mom literally went, "Dear God!" like out loud, because it's just it's so bad. But I wasn't mad at James Cameron winning for best director because. I could at least like see that the the technical feat of what that film is right and that's the thing with something I think with um every everything everywhere all at once where I do think they don't necessarily deserve a screenplay nomination for this film but the fact that there is so much happening in this movie and they are able to sell it to you and take it kind of on or like it moves like a ride once it gets going, like it moves like a ride at Disney World, right? Like that the way the movie kind of paces and the fact that they're able to keep that throughout the film, I think is genuinely very impressive. So I'm not necessarily mad at the idea of them getting a director nomination. Um, I agree that if there's anybody I would take out, it is Spielberg, who directed my all-time favorite film of all time. So don't come for me on the internet. It's just, I feel like this is every drama film i've ever seen like in my life wait you know what is such a good segue is -hmm. that from what i've heard avatar the way of water is very much a family drama a star-crossed lovers like movie i'm like is avatar the way of water what people think the fable is maybe it is i don't i don't i don't want to be a proponent of watching avatar uh the way the water at your house i just do want to say that i'm going to throw a cheap plug not that james cameron or disney is it disney disney that's disney right it is disney yeah need your money but go see that shit on the biggest screen 3d i hate 3d movies they're the worst movies like the worst idea ever invented see it 3d dolby 
see it with a speaker in your lap, whatever they so have, the coolest I, thing. I'm seeing it Friday, 3D IMAX yeah, laser. I, I will I will see it in a theater in 3D in IMAX and I will bring an entire Target's worth of snacks, Ooh. use the bathroom right before the movie starts and Or do what Natalie Portman did not do in the astronaut diaper movie and wear a diaper. <laughs> not gonna do that. Um, um I love bringing that movie up every chance I get. Um, James Cameron, you see what I just did there? She was literally not going to see the movie. Now she's going to go see it. You're welcome, James Cameron. And Disney. You're welcome, James Cameron. Please leave Disney World now. Um, he owes you thirty dollars. <laughs> um, I would take out Martin McDonough. I all I also think that's a screenplay nomination winner. I would be mad about, but um, yeah, I don't really think that's a directorial that, like like flex. Um, so if we were taking out two people, Martin McDonough and Steven Spielberg, I'm sorry, internet. I'm mostly sorry. To, <laughs> I'm mostly sorry to Ryan McQuaid. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Um, if I was taking out two people, that's who I would take out. I would put in Sarah Polly for women talking and, um, who else would I put? I, I would put in Gina Prince Bythewood. Okay. I would put in Gina. Yeah. Mm, okay. Or, and you know what? They clearly Richard. saw that movie because they nominated Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. So, um, but screenplay because they combine it, so it's just one category. We don't have adapted and original. We have Tar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Inisherin, Women Talking. They saw it, and the okay. favorites. What I don't understand with this category, I'm not at all mad about Women Talking getting nominated. Um, I think it deserves to be nominated, but what I guess I don't understand is so you are gonna acknowledge this film, right? You're gonna you're gonna put it in this category. But the way this movie is kind of crafted is all around the central story, right? It it plays out like a play. You kind of it it's pretty much one big scene, sans a few cutaways. So I don't understand why you're saying that it's worthy of screenplay, but not anything else. Because I just think that this is the kind of movie where the screenplay, sure, might be the heart, but I think everything else stems from that. So it's just, this feels almost like a... Like, slap in the face? Slap in the face, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, because so it's only here in the best original score, which is like, so the screenplay put on itself on screen i like there were no <laughs> actors reading the lines or nobody directed um, this movie either nobody directed this movie um but it's just it's one of the best screenplays of the year so i'm happy it's recognized but it's just like you're telling me no one read these lines no one directed these words to the script like it's just why are you doing this um tar i was really happy to see that show up because i kind of thought todd field was getting in for director here um yeah. i still think he's in at the oscars though um but i'm happy to see that here everything everywhere i figured and it's okay my thing is i love the originality of it i just think the screenplay itself has some hiccups it has some it has one line that I think is one of the most beautiful lines ever committed to cinema. And I think 
not to be dramatic or hyperbolic, but I honestly think like that one scene is what gets it the nomination. I think that in another life, I would have been happy just doing laundry and taxes with you. I think that's it. And I think that gets uh, Kihei Kwan's uh, win. win. I think that one scene. Win. A win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said and- it, his win. And I think he, okay, I don't think he wins here unless they really go. Oh, I think Brendan Gleeson wins here. And I think it's his one Mm. I agree. I think it's going to be Gleeson for the Globe. I, like, I think Kei Kwan wins the Oscar and I am excited for that. And that is like the, like, like there's there's another other win from this movie that i would be totally fine with um but i don't think it's happening um but i i think this is the one hiccup in his campaign i mean i could be wrong he could like totally win i just feel like brendan gleason wins here for some reason no i'm with um, you i think this one's gleason's i i just think they like him they clearly love this movie and i think like that's where they reward it outside of screenplay mm-hmm. um but so we kind of touched on this, but actor, comedy, and musical is also pretty great. Um, we have Diego Calvo for Babylon. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested and you have a soul, um, Diego Calva finding out he was nominated is on, like, there's a video of it. And it is so is pure. Really? I haven't it is, seen it yet. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh. Um, Zoe Rose Bryan tweeted it out, and that's how I saw it. So go follow her if you're not. Um, Daniel Craig for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Adam Driver, White Noise, Colin Farrell, Banshee's Vinishiran, and Ray Fiennes for The Menu. I was which... really excited about Ray Fiennes. Yeah, uh, I love that. So I think he he's my favorite performance of that movie. So yeah. I, Same. I really love so that. Good in the, and I don't think he's going to pull it for the Oscar. So I, I like that this he's at least getting some recognition. Um, I was happy about that. I admittedly have not seen Glass Onion or White Noise, but Unholy was not particularly too angry with this list. Yeah, I personally thought Adam Driver was going to pop up at SAG. I thought that his performance is something that actors would really resonate with, but I'm happy to see him here. I think he does really interesting work in it, and I will always be happy to see his name anywhere. Um is one I, of the best scenes in any of any movie this year with him and Don Cheadle. Because the power of Elvis is just too great for too one Too strong. Thing. It is. Um, Daniel Craig, we all knew because he was in for the last film and I feel like he has way more to do in this film. But I think we all are in agreement Colin Farrell's winning here. Hands down. Hands down. They, they not only 100%. love the movie but i just think he seems like the most and like, like he he's won... a globe winner and then you have Butler he's a globe wins, winner got the... for a previous mcdonough film that's the thing is so. i think colin farrell's gonna win for um comedy and i think austin butler's gonna win for drama and then i think it's gonna be for the oscar those are gonna be the two front r- like it's gonna be one of theirs yeah. I Frazier's Oscars are Dan Nicole I, and Adriana. I wanted I'm not I've not seen the whale. I am scared for the whale. I have said time and time again I would not be mad if Brendan Fraser won an Oscar for it, even if it is a bad movie. 
just because I love Brendan Fraser so, so, so much. But like the more we get into it, the more I don't think it's going to happen for him. Brendan, honey, my grandfather used to call me a character that you played. And for that, you'll always have a special place in my heart. He used to call me, my grandpa used to call me George of the Jungle because I would, uh, he had a rope swing in his front yard and I would swing into the trees. Um, that is so pure. I know. Right. Um, I was going to like go to, go on to bash before yeah. i can't now yeah I'm not yeah do that now ricky now. i'm, I'm do not that now. my uh, grandfather no. died so all right <laughs> plot, plot twist plot <laughs> twist oh, I, I do have a question though what i found very weird about these nomina- nominations okay when you look at picture and like, for comedy and musical right you have ralph and you have anya taylor joy but they couldn't give it like the overall best picture, I was very weird about. Okay, like so that my to me whole was weird. thing is that best supporting actress we have Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon, Banshee's mm-hmm. Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All Once, Dolly Dion for Triangle of Sadness, and Carrie Mulligan. She said, "It's so funny." Oh, look, they watched that like... movie too. Truly, yeah, yeah. Who knew? Interesting. Who knew? But I feel like Dolly DeLon, like, I thought that was going to be, like, the representation. But Josh Parm, um, a friend of the pod, has been campaigning, or not campaigning, but he has been saying that Triangle of Sadness is going to play very well with Academy voters. And I think this is proof of that, that it showed up in Best Picture Comedy and Musical. Because I don't know who tweeted it, and I will find it and post it on our official Twitter. But somebody tweeted like photos of um, all the rich people on the yacht from Triangle Sadness. It was like the HFPA after voting, and it's so true. And it's so funny. Like I gave Triangle Sadness a very high rating, and then I rewatched it, and I was very much low on it after a rewatch. Um, I think I was like a victim to watching it with a huge crowd mm-hmm. um but <laughs> sorry but it's not it's it's something that like i feel like rich people will watch and not understand it's about them even though it's very aggressive <laughs> with that it's roasting the rich but it's like the menu is the same but it's more tonally acceptable it's a bit more on the nose yeah where i feel like triangle of sadness is like Haha, <laughs> like it's like very much like I tweeted this and it's like I'm kind of tired of eat the rich narratives because it's like rich people making these movies and I'm kind of like how much more of this can we watch like I don't like we're just you're just doing this yeah, by yourself you technically have three of them right you know what I mean glass onion is technically in that ballpark right you know what I mean the menu yeah. and then of course triangle of sadness so you got three heavy hitters right there that are very much like that and all have that similar tone to it. I just I didn't love the third act of the Triangle of Sadness. I, did, I, I love, just thought it kind of. I love Dolly in it, but I don't love yes. the act itself. Yeah, no, and exactly. Also, That's the only. Yeah, I agree with you. I do love all the performances in the third act. It's just I don't like it. I do love the ending. The ending is so great. It's just I. It felt like it went on too long. Like it didn't yep. need to repeat the same story tropes over and over. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis. We have to stop with this. 
we have to we have to stop i'm I'm just gonna say it i'm just gonna say it she's bad in this movie she is not it is not the way it's written it is she is bad in this movie like i it's like she's the right person to campaign right she's a she's a great person to campaign i saw an interview with her and and kiyu and it was she was fantastic in how she talked about him and the film right you could have had her talking like this but supporting and elevating the rest of the film and and that's where it should have been instead of what we're getting now well my biggest issue with her specific nomination for this film is stephanie sue is giving a brilliant performance in the supporting like arguably stephanie sue is his character is the glue that kind of holds the 900 things going on in this film all together stephanie sue is the everything everywhere all at once and so her snub alone is annoying to me but in and no disrespect to jamie lee curtis um star of one of my favorite holiday films christmas with the cranks um that i no offense to miss lee curtis but it's just her performance does not even hold even remotely a candle to Stephanie Sue's. And I feel like her character is not as integral to the plot. Like, I just don't understand. I think she's getting in on name alone, um, which is just so frustrating. And I think considering what this film has done for conversations regarding Asian representation, it's such a smack in the face to have someone like Stephanie Sue giving this brilliant performance, but it's undercut by Jamie Lee Curtis simply for being Jamie Lee Curtis, even if she's not giving a good performance in the film. So um, I'm a lot lower on everything everywhere than most people, but Stephanie is like one of the reasons I tried to give it another chance. I just feel like she has the most to do of anyone, honestly, like because of the duality of her roles. And it's just like, I felt like she was such a discovery. And then like the video of her audition came out over the week. And it's just like, it's such like a raw talent. And it's like, I know she's been in other things, but it just feels like a real, like a star is born kind of performance. And that's something that I feel like the Globes always try to recognize. And I know they always go after stars, but I feel like at the same time, they always try to find like new faces. And it's just kind of, it's so icky to see them replace her slot essentially with just a white famous actress. No offense to Jake Gyllenhaal's godmother, but like, I just, I don't know. But Zoe um, tweeted out something that's really interesting to me. And that um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis could be, like, a huge lead for people who are, like, not interested in this movie. Um, That it's, like, too weird. And that she's, like, kind of, like, a reason to watch it, essentially. If they're, like, against watching it or, like, not interested in the story or, like, the hot dog fingers, you could say. um, Or the butt plugs. I don't know. Maybe one of them. Um, but I feel like that could really entice older voters and like that could be great for the movie. It's just very sad that it comes at Stephanie's expense. But I thought that was a really interesting point because I do think that like for me and I know Nicole also agrees that like this movie's really weird and I was kind of like waiting to see how the industry responded versus just critics because I feel like older voters will not watch this movie 
because of its weirdness and like the story will be lost on them and I know everyone was kind of like roasting someone's tweet about their parents watching this movie but like Nicole and I have both said there's a reason we have not shown this movie to our parents and it's because I don't think my parents would get it like it's not that my parents wouldn't understand it it's just like they would be like why are there butt plugs like they would not get past that and I feel like people are not seeing that and if Jamie Lee Curtis is the way around that like that's exciting and I do think that's something we should like recognize and I'm glad Zoe like brought that up but it's just like so infuriating that like for me Stephanie's my favorite performance of the film and it's really Mm -hmm. sad to see her just left behind because of this especially if we are nominating two women from women talking why can we not do the same here yeah we could do two women here two women talking and then Carrie Condon I'm so sorry, Hong Chao. I've been yelling Hong Chao all year and now I saw the whale and I don't care. But I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, um, Hong Yeah. But I do think that's a really interesting point about Jamie Lee Curtis, but we have to talk about our very own favorite, Lex, your fave, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Oh my God. The way I screamed when I saw this. Um, I thought one of the first things I said when I left um but or wakanda forever besides spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert i cannot believe they fucking killed angela bassett my second thought was angela bassett is giving an oscar-worthy performance in this film i mean she i know that the story is very much shuri's story now it's about the carrying on of the legacy but there's something about the way one of the things I think this movie does very well um which honestly I kind of had slightly mixed feelings on this movie but one thing I think it does well is its approach to grief and its approach to how complex grief can be even long after a person has passed and I think that Angela Bassett is giving such a raw performance in this film that is so vulnerable, but also so powerful that it moved me to tears and not just when she died. I cannot get over how much it was about that. Um, but I, I, I'm not mad to see her on this list. Um, she's not in my um, Oscar board just because I, I do not think she's going to pull it off for the Oscar. And I think if these categories weren't split between drama and comedy, I don't think she'd be in, but I was really, really happy to see that because Angela Bassett deserves the world and I'm in love with her. It's, um, you know, her and her partner have been very welcomed by the Globes in the past. And um, it was like something I thought could happen, but I was very excited to see her actually show up. And I feel like that's great momentum for the movie, I feel like a lot of people have like moved it down in the tech categories, which is crazy because it is making so much money. Um, not that that's like a factor, but it's like, I mean, if you're using it for Top Gun Maverick, the same logic should apply. Um, but I, I'm not as high on Black Panther or Wakanda Forever as most, just because I'm not a Marvel person. I was very confused. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I was very confused. Um, uh, but I was really excited to see her here. I just, I'm like you, like Angela Bassett 
deserves the world and I don't feel like we're good enough for her um we're not we are not worthy we're not worthy um but I I love seeing her here and I love seeing Carrie Mulligan here um I think we all kind of thought she would show up um I'm just gonna I'm just I'm gonna say it she is here because they wanted to recognize the movie because of Harvey Weinstein being accepted by the Globes and we all know that like that this was their 100% this was their um that Alec was an, Baldwin, it's an which, optics nomination. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad she's here anyway. Um, I do want to just talk about best non English language film. We had RRR, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close and Decision Believe. Where's Bardo? I aren't what? I Look, as a person that did not expect to like even like Bardo, I I have fallen in love with that film like I never thought in a million years that I would. And it blows my mind. I tweeted this earlier. I feel like this is the type of movie that we're going to look back on 10 years from now and not a, and appreciate it more 10 years from now than we do now. I won't because I appreciate it now, but I I don't understand. It's not only do I like I'm not saying that you have to like the movie. I'm not I'm not one of those people. Oh my god, you didn't like Bardo. I'm gonna respond to every tweet. You didn't like it. Oh my god, it's Steven Spielberg. Ah no, I'm not gonna be that person. I don't think every person has to love a movie. I don't, but you have to appreciate so many different aspects of this film, especially in my opinion, especially the direction. And on top of that, Daniel Cacho gives one of the best before. If it's not for Austin Butler, who has just this hold on me and about a trillion other people across the world, he gives my favorite performance of the year. Like, this film is so emotionally, and people are like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a, it's just, I don't know. I fucking love Bardo. It's missing year is completely bullshit. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. He should be a director. Cacho should be an in, in, in actor. They should be in screenplay. This should be across the board, and it's not. And I will scream to the. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out. I was like, do I need to take Cacho out of my five? But I'm like, this is just the Globes. Calm down, Ricky. It's just the Globes. They love AGI, and and we're going to ride that high. But man, this hurt. It hurts. I, I honestly think that um, if you take out RRR just because it's ineligible at the Oscars for um international feature and he put in bardo in its place i think that's the oscar five for international feature i agree i just i i personally have predicted close to win international feature as of right now i i really think it has this like intense momentum so i was i was happy to see that here all quiet i was happy to see here Argentina 1985, um, which I have not watched yet, unfortunately. Um, it kind of feels like this movie that's just like always going to be in this category at this point. Um, because it's just I feel lingering like there. It's so crazy. Like it's literally, I'm so sorry to say, but it's like Saint Omer is like it pops up every once in a while, but it's not like in and uh, <clears throat> And I just feel like that's the one I thought was going to be. But I think maybe that's just too much of a small movie. But um, 
decision to leave kind of needed this. I felt like the love for that movie has faded over the last three or four months. It kind of like had a Peaked huge surge. Way too early. It was way too early. Um, but I do think if you take out RRR and put in Bardo, that that's the Oscar five for international feature. Um, I would love to see San Omer or EO, my precious donkey, show up. <laughs> um, but I am unsure. Um, international or I mean, original score was almost a perfect lineup. Um, we had Banshees of Inisherin, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Women Talking, Babylon, and The Fablemans. The only one I would take out is The Fablemans because, yeah, what score? It's John Williams. That's the thing is, like, I mean, it's part of the, the whole the entire movie. movie. The That's the entire movie. movie. It's Steven Spielberg. It's Michelle Williams. It's it's uh, John Williams. Like, it's just this entire movie is just getting on names, and it's annoying because I like John Williams, but like this is one of his i think weaker scores i i think william or women talking has one of the most gorgeous scores um it is stunning so i do think that this again i'm irritated that like clearly y'all saw this movie and um and we already talked about uh supporting actress but really mad about claire foy um, we didn't talk so about the snobs I- of supporting actress so Claire oh. Foy, Jesse Buckley. Foy, Jesse Buckley. Um, it's it just like it irritates me. But if there's any one nominate, well, one of the two nominations that I do think that could have genuinely gotten in, I think it would have been score because this movie has a stunning score. Um, I think Babylon's score is good. It's adapted. It sounds- it's what? It's adapted. It's I was not gonna an say- original score. I'm so sorry, Ricky's gonna kill me, but. I left that movie and I could not stop singing a La La Land song because it is. I it swear, sounds just like La La Land. It is the same fucking score. It I is. like the Manny theme. I know it has a name. I'm really sorry. Ricky, Ricky, you know the name. You know the name. You know the name of this track. I, I'm just, I'm really hurt right now. Like, I'm, no, I, 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 I feel personally I love attacked. It. You know, I love this, it. It's great. It's gorgeous, but it is, but it is La La Land. It's not original. It yeah, is La La Land. I, like, it is an adapted score. But I just gotta say, my um, my only thing is, I would take out Babylon and the Fablemans, and I'd go to Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross scores. Empire of Light and Bones and All. I would do, I would do double duty. Okay. I would take both of those out, and then... I swear, if anyone, particularly anyone belonging to Oscar Central, comes for me with what I'm about to say, I'm going to throw hands. But I would take out Pinocchio for score. And um, I would honestly, gosh, I was thinking about my irritation uh, and forgot what I would replace it with. Oh, I'd replace it with All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay, so Ricky, you can keep Babylon. You can keep it. You can keep mm-hmm. it. Okay. I appreciate take that. take out. We take out Pinocchio. We put in yeah. All Quiet. Uh huh. All Quiet is one of the best scores of the year. But like, my thing I, is, I still haven't talking, seen it yet. I still haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry, guys. One I'm of working the most. On it. It, the thing about All Quiet, I'm working on it. I know. The problem I, is, it needs a theater, and Netflix has prohibited so many. 
but the score i'm not kidding like the way that everyone is like the ending of the whale the ending of the whale like shut up oh jesus it's the, the worst score, thing I've ever seen. the score of all quiet no one can hype up too much the first note that played in the theater i was like looking around like what the fuck it is because well, it is not... a character in itself it is it, yes it is like it transports you but it's also like modern but it's not like taking you out of the movie and i just feel like my thing is my favorite two scores on their own of the year are so poorly used in their movies Whereas All Quiet, and the same with Women Talking, the scores are so expertly guided through the film to, like, move you along through the story of the film. And, like, that is my thing with the Fableman score is, one, I don't remember it. I could not tell you one track or one moment it's used. But it's just, like, it's so name recognition, like Lex was saying, and it's just... In a year where we have so many amazing scores, it's just like, you know what we should do if we're going off name recognition? There is someone who has never won a competitive Oscar, Danny Elfman, who yes. I'm not as high on the white noise score as everyone else, but like, and I believe Ricky's on the same wavelength as me. Yeah. But like, he doesn't have a competitive Oscar. Let's let's honor Danny Elfman. Honestly, even I've not seen white noise, so I can't speak to white noise. I'm good. I've said this from the beginning. I hated Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Awful movie. Gorgeous score. That's also like one of my favorite right? Marvel scores. The Batman. What? Like the Batman is a fucking brilliant the Batman? score, especially on a standalone mm-hmm. as well. Like that okay, one is. Okay, yeah, Batman strong. is also expertly used in the film and beautiful right. on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. But Danny, did Danny Elfman do the Doctor Strange score? Yeah. Yeah, and he... there's this one scene where they're fighting with instruments. Shit scene. Gorgeous, gorgeous score. Like God, the movie's so bad. I hated Doctor Strange. And I love Doctor Strange. So it really upset me. But yeah, it's just... I, she's like, I don't what know. is a Doctor I... Strange, guys? <laughs> All I know is um, Jim from The Office shows up. And that is more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that movie. It's um, Speaking of other people I dislike, um, Tom Cruise missing actor and drama was just beautiful. I I always called it. I never thought he was getting in because him returning the Golden Globes is such a yeah. statement, especially because the man is filled with controversy himself. So what are you doing here? Um, but it did get into Best Picture Drama, which we had The Fablemans, Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, Tar, and Avatar, The Way of Water, which was not something I thought was going to happen. I think it took like woman talking. Saying. Yeah, it took I woman it... talking, Scott. Yeah, I feel like I that's. Just... Yeah. It's so disappointing. Yeah, you know what's so funny is that all of us predicted women talking, and not one person predicted. Yeah. Listen, I just... loved Titanic. I had a bad experience on the ride at Disney World for Avatar. And so if you take away the fact that, one, I don't like the first Avatar, two, the movie theater literally caught on fire the third time I saw Avatar, and three, I got stuck on the Avatar ride at Disney World with some Avatar stand dressed like a Navi, speaking the Navi language. And I was stuck there for like 20 minutes. 
it explains my aversion to avatar okay and so i would um yeah no I, i'm i'm bitter about it i would i've not seen it so i can't really speak um objectively but i would take avatar away and replace it with women talking to be okay i'm gonna throw this out here and this comes from somebody that really likes top gun maverick okay but if i'm gonna pick a movie that does not belong it's top gun maverick okay i love top gun maverick and i appreciate the idea of it getting a best picture nomination i think it's going to i love the idea of it getting a best picture nomination that was the only way tom cruise is ever going to get a nomination at the oscars sorry people that were predicting tom cruise is uh winning the oscar here or even getting the nomination but it's out of place here right uh, Fablemans, we we've already I've already expressed my dismay with that disaster of a film, but it's so out of touch here because Elvis. Uh, no matter what anybody says, no matter what everybody has liked to say over the last six months, it's a film. It's going to be a force to be reckoned at the Oscars. It might only win a couple. Who cares? It's there. You're not going to be your favorite film. Probably won't be. So leave us alone. But Elvis, Tar, and, and Avatar. Even even I talked about my love for Avatar. Those films feel like they belong here. Top Gun is just not a movie that belongs here. It's not. It, it should be woman talking in Top Gun Maverick spot, not Avatar spot. And again, I love Top Gun. Um, I don't love Top Gun, so I obviously agree. Um, I just feel like if you say best picture drama, like Top Gun Maverick, like what? My thing is like, I, I get that it's not really a comedy, but I wouldn't put it in the drama category. Yeah, it's just like one of those, like, it's so funny because do you guys remember when um it came out that Elv or that uh, Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody were going drama over comedy musical and people were like, what, why? And I'm like, those movies are more dramatic versus musical. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Elvis. Like, it's way more of a drama than a musical. But it's like Top Gun Maverick, like, can't you ride the whole him jumping out of his hookups window, like, as a comedy? Like, I I just yeah. don't know, like, why. I don't know. My worry is that it would have been, like, not women talking and it would have been, like, the whale or something. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I also had, like, a panic attack in the middle of the night that, like, Darren Aronofsky was going to get nominated for, like, overcompensating how much they're sorry for Brendan Fraser. But, like, it's just, like, I don't know. I It's it's the one that really sticks out for me, too. Like, Avatar, I understand people are, like, it's an animated film. But, like, come on. Like, be an adult. Grow up. Grow up. We're all, we're all adults here. Like, I... I don't know. I but you know what I really do think could have happened. It could have been the good nurse. I I personally it could have been the good. I think you're right on that. I think that Jessica Chastain was six an actress. I, I really do. I really do. I don't even think it was Danielle Dunweiler. I think it was Jessica. Especially Chastain. since they nominated her for uh, uh, George and Tammy or whatever, and it like Which, just came out like two weeks yeah. ago. I was yeah. confused by the guidelines of, of the TV. I know we're not talking about TV, but I was very confused to see F oh, word Abraham shows... getting nominated for White Lotus, but then like Wednesday and and George and Tammy got nominated. I'm very confused. Yeah. It's that whole like Grammy thing where it's like song of the year and it's a song from three years ago. I'm like, I do not understand. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, But I do got to say, 
you know who I'm gonna move from like six to like eight in my actress predictions is Naomi Aki yeah and um the Whitney Houston movie I want to dance with somebody the Whitney Houston movie um <laughs> I love that change the name of that I she was in my it. top the, five there for a while, but she I was in my top I five agree. until like two weeks ago. I just yeah. I think that um they have canceled like every screening in LA, like every week. I've heard no buzz around it. Yeah, it just keeps getting like pushed back and I like the screenings. And I just think that um honestly at this point, I think Jessica Chastain could have more of the I wouldn't be shocked if Jessica Chastain pops up at SAG. I could see it SAG. Like, I've heard it's terrible though. Like I've heard that I want to dance with somebody is not good at all. Like if she's just okay, which look, I, I'm not mad about it because I feel like this is really helping Viola's case, which is really what I'm hoping for because I feel like she should be a shoe in in the five. So it's like let Viola run, please, because the Woman King is baller. I love that movie so much. Um, I'm moving the Woman King into my ten for Oscar yeah. predictions. I think it would have been amazing Ooh. if it got into director and picture here, but I feel like it just had such a great week that it's um like getting AFI is just like I think people suspected it was going to happen, but it's just like I feel like if you look at the lineup for AFI I would only I'm really sad to say this but I think you only take out Nope and She Said I think Women Talking The Woman King, Top Gun Maverick, Tar The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere All at Once Elvis and Avatar are like in Mm -hmm. and then like Banshee's got the special award you put that in you take out Nope and She Said and I think the woman king is in because I think that's like, I just think, I don't know. It's that's like probably gonna get what office. costume, right? Costume. I think it's gonna get costume. I would put it in makeup. makeup I would put yeah, it makeup. in. Um, Nicole did an interview with the screenwriter for Awards Watch, and I think that if original screenplay sees like a shakeup and that fifth spot is open and that movie did well enough i wouldn't be shocked if it's there um like i'm not going to predict it but i wouldn't be like shocked but i just think that like viola getting in here and i don't know like the other thing is that we should talk about is we know that like brendan fraser is not going we don't know who's going in person like there is a ceremony in january we don't know who's going but there has been like no response. There's been like no social reactions. There's been no I'm so honored to get this nomination. Um right. which I know they have to know people are coming, but like I just think it's kind of telling. Um, but the woman king being recognized just through Viola, I mean, I would have loved to see it for its Oscar chances, get into at least picture. I mean, it should have been in director, but they clearly don't know a woman um but it's just i i think that this movie's a little undeniable for some at this point like if you're gonna use box office for top gun maverick which i know is different because apparently it saved cinema but i don't even just get me started think, again as somebody that loved I, top gun maverick don't get me started i just think that the woman king for a movie led by 
primarily all black women like there's one man you could say in a slightly narrative leading role um but you don't see that very often and you don't see it succeed in the same way that the woman king did and has an amazing cinema score and i just think that it's like my mom literally won't stop talking about it like that movie works for everyone because i think it is what the fableman thinks it is it is a small story on but on a big scale and i think that is going to really resonate with people um but i really think that like the movie is in and if we're taking out naomi aki which i officially am i think that makes the lineup a lot more wide and i think someone like viola davis yes she won a supporting actress but she is a former oscar winner like and Viola Davis and she has a personal story with this movie in the sense that she's been trying to get this made for years and it all came together like this and I think that her performance is emotional and I think it is physical and it it, it like hits a lot of notes and I think that voters who might go through name checking which we've been talking about with the Fablemans nonstop, I would like to see it work for Viola Davis because the work is there along with her yeah. name like and I think if we're going for it, let's do that. Um, have we touched on all the categories? We've just been... We haven't touched on original song. And I would like to share something about original song. I Is it, is it what I think you're going to say? Probably. I swear to heaven, if anybody comes from me on Twitter for saying that Carolina is Taylor Swift's worst song she's ever written. And that includes Stay, Stay, Stay. I'm I'm going to lose my mind because I actually think for the, I knew that um, I, I texted Kinsey when I did my predictions for nominations. I said, I'm putting Carolina in here, not because I think she deserves it and not because I think she's going to get an Oscar nomination. The Globes love her. Like she's been nominated for every mo- song she's written for a film. And I actually think that Safe and Sound and Beautiful Ghosts are both very pretty songs that warranted nomination. But this was the most snooze fest. It made me want to sit on a still boat and not move at all on a still boat, which is not in a good way. I don't mean like a yacht. I mean like a tiny little rowboat. I just want to sit in a tiny little rowboat and not go anywhere when I listen to this song. It is so boring. She said there are places, Carolina, I will never go. And then she proved that to be true with her Eras Tour lineup. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I was really mad about that one. I am not, I can, I don't have too many other really strong opinions. I just needed to get that out. Um, but I if anything, I'm disappointed to see Nobody Like You nominated from um, Turning Red. I think that song's really fun. I think it's well utilized in the film. And I think it's kind of, it's a good kind of blend of like being just a good song, being utilized well in the film, but also kind of paying tribute to the era in which the movie is set, which having just rewatched that film um, recently, I, I forgot that like, that movie takes place 20 years ago, so it's kind of a period piece, which just kills me. Um, but it, uh, I, I was disappointed to see that snub. Um, I honestly think that if you put in the Turning Red song, 
instead of Carolina, that that could be our Oscar five. Now that um, Vegas is unfortunately ineligible. Pouring a drink so- out for my homies, which is such bullshit. I'm sorry. Okay. Doja Cat tried to steal my man, and I still am upset for her. That is how much I love that song. It's it's Listen. one of those songs that um, I'm not actually a huge fan of the way it's utilized in the movie. I wish it was a little. I just feel like it was a little underwhelming the way it was used because personally I love the way that Bob Lerman mixes modern music into period sets. Yeah. Um, I just felt like it was like, it kind of felt like, you know, in Top Gun Maverick when they play Hold My Hand at the bar. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like that where I was like, I was like, that's it? Like, I was like, what? Yeah. I was kind of kept waiting for Vegas to come back. But Vegas kind of like transcended the movie in a sense that like, it was all over TikTok for like six months, like literally like six months. And like everyone offline that I know knows that song. And like people like knew that song outside of Elvis, which I think is like really like impressive. Um, But I do think that like Chao Papa from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Hold My Hand, Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Not Too Not Too, RRR. I think those are in the Oscars. And I feel like, the fifth one, which I assumed was Vegas, could be the turning red song if um Don't sleep on the support. weekend. Oh, that's true. Don't sleep oh, on the weekend. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that's I think true. this hurt Wait, I, think we... this, I think this hurt new body Ramba pretty bad, huh? I do too, because I feel like that they like they recognized there. out of driver. So it's like yeah. what they heard like, the song. You know, they heard they the song. Like... Um yeah, it's probably the week. But that's weird that it wasn't here because they loved Avatar for they only saw they only saw the, the movie and then it was directed. They didn't even I mean I mean I will say the first Avatar, the Leona Lewis song that plays in the end credits. Gorgeous song. Gorgeous um song. I'm looking up something. Sorry. Um I spelled his name wrong, my arch nemesis. Um, I don't God. know what if uh, what if just what if Taylor Swift he just sneaks in there with a double nomination come Oscar morning you know what I mean like what director and Listen, I best director I and Taylor then uh, I am not a Taylor Swift hater I literally I. wrote my law school dissert or not dissertation but my big final law school 45 page paper on Taylor Swift so if you come for me Saying that I'm a sexist hoe, I'm gonna slap you in the face because I love Taylor Swift and I've given that woman an upsetting amount of money over the course of my lifetime. But I can also acknowledge if a banana is rotten on my counter that I shouldn't eat it. Thus, I can also acknowledge that if Taylor Swift does something and it's not worthy of an Oscar, then it's not worthy of an Oscar. Sometimes things are just the way they are. That's my that's my rant of the day. Thank you. I, yeah, I mean, I can't be mad at that rant. You know, I mean, who can be mad at that rant? I what love the year, rant. What year did Fifty Shades of Grey come out? It's really embarrassing that I know this off the top of my head, but twenty fifteen. Oh, so the weekend didn't get nominated for. Um... Yes, he did for earned it. No, but not at the Golden Globes is what I'm saying. Oh, so maybe they just don't like him because I'm he say, that Oscar nominated. performance stayed with me. Yeah, so maybe they just don't like him, which hats off. Um, yeah, congratulations. 
Um, but I, yeah, I do think that minus Carolina, just because I don't, she doesn't have a great track record with the Oscars. Um, I don't, and it, like you're a, a Swift fan and you don't like that song. I don't think it's going to get in. Um, can you tell I'm terrified to say anything about her? Um, but I'll I do, <laughs> I do think that the other four slots, I feel like maybe it's the weekend song or maybe it's the turning red song, because I do think you're going to see Disney kind of shift its budget to push turning red. Um, because I think they thought it was strange world and they're going to realize that's not it. No. Um, because if, even the golden globes didn't go for that because animated feature was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. In- Fucking hell of a segue. She's a segue queen this episode. <laughs> Holy shit. Inyo? In- Inyo? I'm In-U-O? so sorry. Inyo? Inyo? Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. You're welcome, Jillian. You did it. Good job, Jillian. Um, and Turning Red. Um, I- Turning Red getting in here is a great sign that Turning Red is the Disney Absolutely. push they need. Yeah. Because I feel like Turning Red came out so early. It was dumped on Disney+. Plus. Which was so dumb. Which is crazy because, like, my daughter is way too young to understand animated movies. But all my friends with kids are, like, that is the one that they, like, really have gone crazy for. Other than, um, there was Encanto. Encanto. Which Encanto was last year. Yeah. So. But I think that came out on Disney Plus in, like, January or something. Because I remember yeah, my I friends did. being, like. Because I watched it on New Year's Day. It took over a lot of my friends with kids Spotify rap. And I'm like, I, I assume there is a reason. Um, but I I think for animated feature, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Puss in Boots are for sure in. I'm still not convinced on Marcel the Shell. I'm happy it showed up here because it shows that they're accepting of it being an animated feature. But I just, I feel like Marcel could be like the critics animated feature yeah. push. And it could be like the animated branch is like this is not an animated film. Yeah. Um, I like I personally I would award Marcel the show the win, but I I don't know. I'm still not convinced it gets in. But I think this is great for turning red because I just feel like it came out so early. It could have been like swept away, like you're not the Disney one we want, essentially, and it, yeah. that didn't happen. So when I, I feel like sorry go ahead oh, you can go, no you can go ahead I feel what I was worried for with turning red um was and I had kind of forgotten about this until I started writing my review for it that when this came out the only thing people wanted to talk about was the fact that like periods are mentioned that was the only thing anybody would talk about when it came to this film and we acted all so horrendously offended that periods were briefly mentioned in this film that I was worried that it was going to hurt its chances because the only it it was so overshadowed by this it was really controversy a Fox News story it was a Fox News story and what killed me with the discourse around this film and you know at that time I wasn't really so much involved in film discourse and I looked at all that and said I want to get more involved um was the fact that so many people were like well I can't relate to turning red and I'm like okay well 
I can't relate to being stuck in an amusement park overrun by dinosaurs, but I still fucking enjoyed Jurassic Park. You don't have to relate to everything, you idiots. So, like, I was really worried that that was going to hurt this film and this was going to get snubbed and then that was going to become my villain origin story because I think this is one of the best movies that Pixar has put out in recent years. Um, Early Pixar movies are some of my favorite movies. But here in recent years, like, it's been a minute since I've really felt very strongly about not even just a Pixar movie, but a Disney movie. And this one just really, really did it for me. I thought it was so beautiful the way it handled discussions around complicated familial familial relationships and growing up. And it's just stunning. Um, and so I, I was glad to see it get in here. And I do think that it sets a good tone for its chances for the Oscars. See, personally, like I love Turning Red. I think if I had a a pick um, to to pick best animated feature of the year, it'd probably be Turning Red. Um, as a father um, with a daughter, um, you know, the, the, it's it's crazy the conversations that surrounded the not the positive things that didn't come out of this film. There's a lot of positive things that can be talked about. And and instead we see stupid shit pop up all over social media. Oh my god, I want to teach my kid this, I want to teach look nothing prepares you for parenting so if i can get a little help from disney and if i can get a little help from from these places over here you know i've got a 13 year old daughter you know what i mean these sorts of things happen and you have to be prepared for them you know what i mean and i'm sorry if your little feelings got hurt because you watched the disney movie and they talked about grown-up things you know what i mean i'm sorry and it's not even grown-up things either it's about what little girls have to go through in this period and and fathers like me have to also understand and go through because it's not just the period it's the emotions the everything that comes around with that it's not easy to deal with it's not and not to deal i don't maybe that's not the right word and i'm sorry but it's not easy to handle it's not easy to go through so it, it's something that is powerful and i do agree it's one of the best pixar movies that we've seen in recent time it's an incredible film but honestly, I really feel like we're seeing a strong push for Puss in Boots. It's There's something to be said about Puss in Boots versus Pinocchio. Pinocchio is depressing as fuck. And there is some lighthearted moments in that movie. And I understand that. But look, I'm not going to say it in a lie. I spent five days at, at AFI Fest and cried for like five straight days. Like it was just a, like Kenzie was there to attest that I think like half of those. But it's like it's a depressing fucking movie. The first five minutes. A little kid dies. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's depressing. And then you turn around, and I think that Puss in Boots is going to peak at the right time with its upcoming release. It's going to have a huge box office, I think. And it's a going to be a giant kids movie with characters that we all love. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we got Florence Pugh in there, too. And we got a little, we, we sheep. The Academy loves her. Olivia, you know? Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Academy loves her. Antonio Banderas, the Academy loves him. And you know what I mean, Salma Hayek, you know, it's, but to me, I really feel like this is going to be a Puss in the Boots versus Pinocchio thing. And let's go Puss in Boots. Team Puss in Boots. I love that um, Jillian is going to listen to this and be like, I was watching Avatar and you guys were hyping on Puss in Boots. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Puss in Boots. I've been telling a lot of people, I've been spreading Jillian's gossip, like, I mean, she loves Babylon. It, uh, I don't want to speak for her. Her review is coming. But um, Puss in Boots is like her her ride or die. So listen, be, I'm going to be 100% honest on this show, okay? I was going to have my wife 
and kids watch this and just be like, hey, do I need to watch this? You know what I mean? I'm not a big animated guy. I don't like animated movies. I'm on record. I don't like them unless they're great. But I was going to have them watch it. Like, look, is this good enough for me to watch? Jillian is literally the only reason I watched this film. Like, it's like I literally watched it and I was like, I have to see this. Is this like, is she just like, is this going to be her baby? And maybe just her baby is just not great, but it's her baby type of thing. Oh, no, it's her baby. And it's great. So watch Pushing Boots. Not that I was, they need our money either. So God. I was really <laughs> surprised how much I liked because I think the first two Shrek movies are brilliant pieces of cinema. Um, but every Shrek and Shrek spinoff I've seen since then is just so horrendous. Um, and so I was hesitant to, like when Jillian started talking about it in the group chat, I was like, <laughs> is she joking? Like, I thought she was being right. sarcastic. Like, I thought it felt she- felt like a bit. It felt like a right, bit. I thought it was a bit. And I love a good bit. And I was like, okay, Jillian, right. love your bit. But then as, as she went on, I was like, this is not a bit. <laughs> not only was she like, this is not a bit, it started spreading. Like everyone who was seeing yeah. it was like, this is the greatest movie of the year. And I was like, what? And all of their tweets were followed up with a reply. I'm not joking. And I was like, <laughs> it honestly reminded me of like, kind of like how everyone got all hyped around Paddington 2 when that came out. And yes. everyone's like, Paddington 2 is the best movie that's ever happened. And we were like, it's Paddington, it's Paddington 2, which I am a diehard Paddington fan. So I believed from the beginning. But um, it's the same thing where you watch the, you get to like that last scene and you're like, oh, this movie's beautiful. <laughs> like it's, that was, that was one of the biggest surprises of the year for me in terms of film. Like the fact if you told January me that trend on TikTok that's like conversations with my January self, if you told January me that I would like Puss in Boots in The Last Wish more than I like to light year by like a long shot. Oh my god. I don't think I'd believe you. Okay. Speaking of, I go on Twitter and the first tweet, the first tweet I see, just finished Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And wow, I genuinely didn't expect to love this as much as I did. <laughs> Visually stunning. Every sequence is filled with heart and ace execution. It's insane. <laughs> like, it, there's no reason for that movie to be as good as it is. There's none. It's, it, I just, what I is do happening? think, I think I buy into the theory, and this is, this is a side of twitter tiktok social media text whatever that i never would have suspected to like find myself on but i buy into the theory that we're teeing up shrek 5 and they had to say you know what we know shrek 4 was really bad but you know what <laughs> we're gonna and we're gonna make you trust us again they said make dreamworks great again and so they did i'll tell you what and i, I want to talk about one thing about that film that i love harry harvey gillian who plays Pero um mm. it is he's my favorite part of the whole movie because so I feel like glue, that glue that holds it to, holds it together but he's his voice care it's so funny because it's coming from this little tiny dog and it's just the backbone of this film and he's not as well known as literally the entire rest of the cast yeah. and he stole the show for me he's so, so funny he's so heartfelt like I right. love his belly. Like, <laughs> exactly i also uh. the one the one um voice actor that's not doing it for me in that movie which it is a stack cast and they're all really going for it and i respect the hell out of it but the one that the only one that didn't work for me was john mulaney 
just because he sounds the way John Mulaney sounds when he's ordering at McDonald's, I'm sure. But he's like this <laughs> giant pig. And it just didn't work for me. But other than that, brilliant casting. Why John Mulaney worked for me in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which, side note, there was a tiny part of me that thought that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers may, which I actually should probably check TV real quick because I think it technically cat was categorized in TV. Um, I would not have been too, too surprised if that one had snuck in a nomination. I actually enjoyed that movie a lot more than I was expecting to. Um, and so I was a little, like, I wasn't surprised, but that would have been one where if it, like, snuck in, I would not have been too angry about it. Yeah, I cannot wait to see Puss and Boots, guys. What do I have to do? Your life's going to be changed. What do I have to do? Like, don't I don't understand. Waiting. Waiting. I, I'm, like, I'm going to be, like, the last person alive to see it, honestly. Um, I opened up Twitter only for somebody to respond to my Steven Spielberg tweet. I have stopped tweeting about anything I don't like and I'm terrified for my The Whale review to come out. Um, Are there any other nominations? Are there any other nominations you guys wanted to touch on? Um, I feel like we really covered everything. Yeah, I think we hit I think we hit everything. Did you know Searchlight Searchlight led the way with 12 nominations. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Disney is going to Disney, you know? Like A24 10, Netflix with nine. Wow. I didn't really think about A24 having that many. I feel like it picked up a lot of individuals outside of everything everywhere, which really helped push it over the top. I'm just glad we didn't see After Sun. Listen, After Sun deserved to be here, but I do think that that is. I have never thought Paul Mescal was getting in. I wanted to hope dict him in, but um, I don't think it's possible. It's too. It's very too small of a movie. It's, it's very. very it's just yeah. too small of a movie, unfortunately. Especially like I in know. a year where I think that. I know that some of these movies haven't performed box office wise, but they're like such large studio films that I feel like the smaller, more art house films are really going to get left behind because it's going to be like Top Gun Maverick, Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, um, The Fablemans is a huge movie, uh, The Woman King. Like, I just feel like they're all big movies. Yeah. Um, with studios behind it, even Women Talking and Babylon. Um, Just wait till Brendan Fraser gets snubbed for an Oscar, and then we'll be awesome. Since Searchlight put out Banshees, does that make Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson Disney princess or princes? It does make them princesses. Yes, it does. Barry Keoghan is for sure a Disney princess. No, you know who's a Disney princess? Uh, Jenny the Donkey. Jenny the donkey gets her own Disney castle. Sorry to Cinderella. Jenny the donkey. No here. fingers for her to be choked on to be found. I, I will take that job, making sure there are no fingers around. Yeah. Um, quick question. What were the fingers a metaphor for? I don't know. <laughs> I think my um, favorite part, actually, the part that we are not talking <laughs> enough about with that, 
again, I swear <laughs> to high heaven, if you're Swifty and you got this far in the podcast, honestly, thank you. <laughs> thank but you. Second of right. all, don't come for me. I think my favorite part is actually when she's like, you know, when there's the thing, I don't really want to spoil it. And he's like, it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. <laughs> It's like, okay, I don't know if anybody watched the Jamie Lee Curtis Colin Farrell actors on actors. Yes, I did. She definitely did not watch the movie. Absolutely and she's not. like, she's like, it's so Irish. <laughs> it's so she watches about... the trailer and it's like, mm, <laughs> she's like, Ireland. it's about Ireland. And it's so funny because it's like she Taylor Swift did the opposite. She's like, Oh my god. She talked they're... to her friend who's a therapist. She's like, but do we really think Colin Farrell watched everything everywhere all at once? Yes. Yes. I do. Probably, probably watch it drunk. Had a had a he's had a sober. Beer in his hand. Oh. He well, uh he did not I do th- watch it with I a beer think, in his hand. I think he watched it because I think that um he is very like type A. I feel like secretly, like I feel like he's not like Reese Witherspoon type A. Like he's like trying to hide that he's type A, and I feel like he overprepared. But he's exactly how I try to be: overprepared but natural, not yeah. overprepared. But I know the color of the underwear you were wearing, Martin. Gotta, <laughs> like I don't understand what is going on in the interview. Would you know, let Colin Farrell get you some water though? Is the real question. <laughs> that is like the most intimate, like infuriating thing i've ever watched like besides when um austin butler and his, his elvis accent his, I, I was like wow and the way janelle is just like i would love to go with you <laughs> it's the way he looks in her soul okay and because in her soul. elvis is like i won't take you to Disneyland. <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> For me, it's that everyone I know that's moderated a Q&A with him has been like, before they go out, he's like looking into their eyes like like it's like a moment. And she's like, am I going to kiss Austin Butler? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that he's attractive. It's like this like this energy and the eye contact. And like every single I... person has said he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room, despite there being like. I know people that have talked to him with like Tom Hanks right next to him and they're like no it's just you and Austin like and if he does I, that with voters that is how he's winning. I don't know what it is about a man who makes it look like he genuinely is interested in what you have to say. I know what it is. But it's, it's that men don't do that. I'm so sorry Ricky but it's that men don't do that. I have been Men don't do women. that. So when they do do it you get thrown off and you're like literally yesterday i was yelling at my husband like i don't know what i have to do to get you to pay attention to me or like look into my eyes like please god look me in the fucking eyes and you can say something as dumb as i want to take you to disney i'm like we can go right i will get you water i will get you water that's all it takes water that's it's all the it little takes. things, men. It's the little things, men. So, um, Swifties, men, if you made it this far, we have tons of suggestions. <laughs> tons of them. Swifties are going to be like, yes, well, Taylor Swift looked directly in my eyes when she wrote Antihero because it's actually about me. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, I don't I'm, hate Taylor Swift. I don't I'm, hate Taylor Swift. I love um, you, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I'm a huge Sean Mayer fan. Um, before we go uh pick one category you think you can accurately predict the winner for the golden globes 
Lex? I'm not going to cheat. Um, Best motion picture comedy. What you got? I think it's going to be Banshees. That's a good pick. That's a, that's a good pick. It's safe, but it's, it's safe. probably true. It's, good. it's probably true. It's probably true. Richard, what do you got? I'm not going to go safe. I could say Austin Butler. I'm not going to go safe. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I'm going to go Best Director, and I'm going to go with the Daniels Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I feel spicy. I'm going to go Best Supporting Actress, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win. Oh, God. I think they're gonna go for it. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree I, with you. I think they're gonna go for it. I. I'll tell you but, what. I looked at it for a second. I looked at it for a second because I was like, I'm gonna go with everything, everywhere, all at once because I feel like it's going to win quite a I bit. I feel like it could win three. I feel yeah. like it could win supporting actor, supporting maybe. actor, maybe unless they go Brendan Gleeson. I just. I really think they might. I really I think, think they might. I think Banshees is gonna sweep the Globes. It really like it could win. It probably wins I mean, best actor comedy. I think it's gonna win best actor comedy. Best actor comedy. I feel like it has in the yeah. bag. Supporting yeah. actor. It's like 50-50. It's either mm-hmm. Kehu Kwan just like sweeps, or it's Brendan Gleeson. But it would be hilarious if Barry Keoghan wins. Like not no, because he doesn't. Eddie Redmayne it. wins. Just, like, just Eddie Redmayne wins. You know what I mean? Just just because. I'm gonna say this. I think Eddie Redmayne goes. Like to the ceremony, yeah. I feel like he goes. Yeah. I feel like he shows up. I thought um, you meant he was going to win. I was like, what if? Him. What if they don't vote? What if they vote behind the scenes? Like, what if the all the whole voting body is behind the stage? And they it's wait like um, to vote until they see oh who's there. It's like right? the kitchen just... awards. I do just want to say I'm not going to judge anyone who shows up because I do think people forget that this is like people's jobs and yeah. like. There are people yeah. who are nominated that like are dependent kind of on the success yeah. of this for future right. work. And I don't think there's anything wrong with people going because not everyone is in a position where they have enough star power like Tom Cruise or yeah. a few other people to skip out on this. Like Brad Pitt does not need to go. Brad Pitt will go for image rehabilitation, but I feel like it'll backfire for him. Yeah. Um like Jamie Lee Curtis could not go easily but I'm not gonna like judge anybody for going um it's a very weird situation because it's essentially what happens and she said that if they don't all band together or not go then they're all like they're in this like weird place yeah um it's kind of the same way as uh like pundits like and like people like us honestly like if you don't cover it you're like the only outlet not covering it mm-hmm. um so if you've made it this far just like be nice to people people who go people who talk about it like it's unfortunate but it's not something you can just ignore unfortunately the only thing you can do is talk about it and talk about how the hfpa is terrible it needs held accountable and hopefully more people like follow brendan fraser's lead but i'm not expecting majority of these people to not show up but um 
Do you guys know Hollywood's else? known for being a really wholesome, fair. Yeah, I think this so, is the only time that like an award show has done something poor taste yeah. and bad. <laughs> this is the only time there's ever been problematic people or things connected to an event. I, I this is I was shocked to my core. Um I was shook. I was shook. Absolutely. Shook. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea whatsoever. Um, but Lex, where can everyone find you on the internet? Um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Alexis Willie W-I-L-L-I underscore. Um, and then I am on TikTok at Moonshoes Lexi, ranting about Eddie Munson as always. Love, highly recommend. Uh Ricky, where can everyone find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ricky Blair underscore. Um, yeah, I, I think TikTok's the same thing. I don't ever remember. I try to make the same. If you're Ricky Valero out in the real world, um, can you please just let me have Ricky Valero on all social media platforms? <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. Like you haven't tweeted in like eh, ten years, so it'd be cool. But yeah, I've uh, I've had a blast, Lex. It's been great podcasting with you for the very first time. Um, Likewise, yeah. Kenzie, as always, it's a pleasure. I knew, I knew you two would like vibe on a podcast. Absolutely. Um, I anybody that's a hater about things and so like passionate about being a hater, that's somebody good in my book. Actually, she's doing some great shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to just take a second. You are doing some great stuff. Like it's crazy to see. You even you can hear it in your voice when you talk about like old school shit that you used to like. You know what I mean? You have that still in you, but it's like you're learning, and it's it's pretty cool. So, thank you. That's so yeah. nice. Thank you. It's so exciting. Lex is our most popular critic on the site, and turns in some Kills of the best work. So, thank you. It's Kills so it. exciting. Um, you can follow me at Ken's Venunu on everything except Letterbox because I don't use it. You can follow the show at Oscars underscore central on everything. <laughs> Similar plea, if you have Oscars central, give it up. Just give it up. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you can find a full list of the Golden Globe film nominees on our website, oscarcentral.com. You can find reviews for almost all of the films. Um, highly recommend Lex's The Fableman's Review if you are interested and that is our very special episode of the Golden Globe nominations. So until next time, that's the show.